what's going on, y'all? This is Kelly Clarkson. Welcome to Miss Into Podcast, the Kelly Clarkson fan podcast. The very first podcast dedicated to the original idol, Kelly Clarkson. Here are your hosts, Jeremy and Pam. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Miss Into Podcast, the Kelly Clarkson fan podcast. I'm Jeremy. And my name is Pam. Today, we are so excited to welcome back to the podcast Kelly's music, not musical, director, (laughs) And band leader, producer, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, of the Kelly Clarkson show, My Band Y'all, and pretty much everything Kelly does in her musical career, Jason Halpert. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. And and Pam, I I'm I'm can I throw a flex here? Please. Would you would you mind? Go for it. Uh normally when we have uh, guests on the show, usually and especially when it comes to Kelly's band members, we're the one who reach out and say, hey, you know, we, we would love to have you on our podcast. Would you have some time? And we're, you know, we kind of come with our little, our bowl and say, you know, mother, may I uh, have some, of, <laughs> may I have some of your delicious time? Oh um, but in this case, Jason actually reached out to us and said, Hey, you know, I'd love to come back on the show. And we said, absolutely. You name the time and date. And uh, that date happens to be today. And we're excited to talk to him because there's a lot to catch up on from the last time that we spoke. Uh, Last time we talked to him, they were still in the process of recording When Christmas Comes Around. And since then, we've had that record plus the Kelly Oki album come out. We know that there's a new album that they're working on and we know already we know he's not going to be able to talk a lot about that. So we're just going to don't if you're listening to today's episode, expecting all the juicy gossip about the new album. You might as well just keep moving because we're not going to have it. But also, uh, you should listen because you should listen. But you should listen, <laughs> yes. So we're we're just so excited to have Jason back on the show. He has always been so kind to us, and we're very very excited to talk to him. So without further ado, he is the music director of the Kelly Clarkson Show and also my band, y'all. We are so glad to have him back on the show. Hello to Jason Halberts. Hello, hey, Jason. Guys. Thanks so much for having me on again. Even though I think I invited myself, I'm really happy to be here. <laughs> you know what? You are welcome anytime, Jason. Quite Always. honestly, we we uh, we appreciate you uh, taking the time and and being here. Uh, last time we spoke with you, there's been a lot that has happened since the last time we spoke with you, and and we we can kind of laugh about it now. But uh, to give you kind of some some background uh, behind the scenes work, the last time we spoke with Jason, he was in his office in his studio on the Universal lot. And this was as, I believe it was either as uh, recording was still going or you were wrapping up recording of the When Christmas Comes Around record. Yep. So you still had a Christmas tree set up to set the mood in your office. And we we were contacted shortly after the interview was over. It was like, hey, can you get that tree out of the out of the shot? Yeah, I think we, I panicked mid-interview and I saw it in the corner of my eye and I was like, oh no, this is not very subtle at all. It, it was like you were we were allowed to release that this was like August. You can yeah. release the audio, but the video has to wait until X date. And we're like, interesting. Yeah. I wonder yeah. Thank you for what being it could kind be. with that. That was yeah. my fault. Yeah, that that tree was actually set up. I think we'd already done some in we'd already recorded the band parts uh in the studio. And Kelly was going to be recording vocals. And so I asked the art department to like make it feel festive because, you know, Kelly enjoys that. So sure. Some Christmas trees and some lights and things. And then I totally forgot about it. So thank you. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I try to protect like it's it's not like anything is top secret, but I hate telling a story that's not mine to tell. You yeah. know, the marketing timelines and all that. So I just always try to be very cautious of that. But uh, totally. thanks for saving me blowing that one up <laughs> oh of course. of course no we we would never uh release any information that's not supposed to be out there and we we hope that that would create some trust between between yeah. all of us <laughs> so that we know that hey what stays here that's supposed to stay here does 
Uh, but now, uh, where are you today? Because you're definitely not in your studio. Nope, I'm back uh, back home in Nashville. So I, I try to get home maybe two times a month if I can. So it just um, my work is just all consuming. I mean, I'm, you can imagine what it takes. I mean, I work 12, 14 hours a day, seven days a week. I'm there literally every single day. And so yeah. just a moment of sanity to get back to Nashville and have some actual weather and <laughs> change of scenery <laughs> is just great. Oh, that's so did great. Did it? Uh, did it cool off in uh, in Nashville like it did where with a lot of the other parts of the U.S.? Not yet, but I think tomorrow it's supposed to be down like in the 30s or something. So I packed oh all my, my God, packed <laughs> all my wintry type things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you get back to uh, to Nashville quite often, and it's interesting just to, just to know that you're you're based out of L.A., but you still really do call Nashville home, don't you? Yes, yeah. I mean, it's um, you know I, I lived in Nashville for 10 years before we moved to L.A. and then. Uh, we lived out there for 10 years and then I followed Kelly back to Nashville and it just sort of became oh. home here. And then when the show started, we moved back to LA and of course, nobody knew if the show was going to go one season, two seasons, what, yeah. so, you know, so it didn't make sense to move everything. Um, so we, we have a place in LA, my wife and I, and, and, uh, we actually, Lester, uh, stays in our pool house. So Lester, our drummer lives with us and <laughs> that's what the joke, that's why we posted a little clip of, uh. Larry and Leon from Curb Your Enthusiasm. So, because it's usually Rhonda's not there a lot. And so it's usually just Lester and I going <laughs> out, trying not to talk about work after work. Of course. Yeah. And I bet that can be hard too, yeah. especially with, with how much and how hard you guys all work. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wake up and go to sleep with Kelly's voice in my head. So, just like anything to turn off work, it's just, it's just always something going on in here. And, and even on top of the show, as, as you've seen over the years, you know, I think even when we were working on the Christmas record at that point, I already knew the Kelly Oakey album was going to be happening. I already knew, like, so it's, so it's really interesting when I'm doing interviews, trying to think about what we've done and what's in the pipeline now. Cause I mean, even right now, there's probably a good five or six really exciting things in the pipeline on top of the show. And it just, it just in my head. So see, you can't, you can't go dropping stuff like <laughs> that saying like that there's <laughs> exciting things in the pipeline. And then just we just assume to... you've seen her career, you know, so I know. Thought, but it's just like there's... at any point you can look at it and you can see, Oh, there was all this stuff. So I think yeah. I talked to you last, what we did the, um, the Kelsey Ballerini duet. We've mm-hmm. got the re-release of Since You've Been Gone from Anne Juliet. Which that yep. was like the biggest, the most bizarre thing. None of us knew that was coming. And then some some fan found it the day it came out. Yeah. And I just, I assume they were just, you know, going to somehow get the rights to use the 2004 version. I'm like, wait a yep. minute, this is grown Kelly. This is the weirdest wild. thing. Um, you know, again, there's so much random stuff comes to the day. I don't even have time to process it. So we were in, <laughs> yeah. we were in New York City. Uh where we did the launch of the show this season. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, by the way, I'm so sorry, Pam. I totally did not recognize you in the audience. Okay. One of out of like, I see your face here, and then I thought you looked familiar, and then Kyle went over and talked to him. Like, oh, that's who that is. It's just you were, <laughs> you were like you you came up to me and you're like you're the girl from Zoom. I didn't realize that. <laughs> I'm like, I guess yeah. I have. Yes. Okay. All good. Do yeah. not worry about it. So I, awesome. so I stayed in New York a few days extra after that to um, work on some other vocals with her. Um, for her upcoming album, which uh, she's already talked about that she's in the process of doing. And yeah. then I got a call from Atlantic. Hey, while you're in the studio, I was so confused. They're like, there's a musical called Anne Juliet and it's Max Martin and he's doing, you know, so, so we did it. And um, I got to say, it's probably the first time since it's quiet uptown that I teared up and got emotional in the studio. It was the weirdest thing. Cause we're, we're working on her new album and Everybody comments how different her voice has progressed over the years. You know, it's just, it's, 
it, it's gotten richer and fuller and like mm-hmm. you know, it's more amazing. So, so I've been listening to her vocal on the new stuff. And then we have to like get in since you've been gone. And she started singing it. And oh my goodness, it was like a time capsule. Like it sounded exactly, it, it was freaking me out. Like how she could just <laughs> shift her voice back and like all the inflections were the same. And cause she was trying to match, you know, what she did in there and, and then change it. Anyway, it was a really cool thing to be in the room to get to do that. It was still so different though. Like, I, I get what you're saying, but it still definitely sounded like 2022. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess I was just more, there were certain inflections or yeah. ways she would sing something that she wouldn't do anymore, that she was trying to honor the oh. original, you know, and so it's just like, oh, that was just really cool. I need, you know what, I need to listen to the, the two studio versions back to back, which I have not done yet. That's yeah. a good, okay. Thank you. Or just go listen to a live version. Well, and I know the, to the yeah. best one. Yeah. Because she even, we had to like, the only time we had to stop a couple of times is because she kept reverting back to, you know, we've been singing it live a certain way for 15 years now. And she's, I think there's even a couple of lyric changes she's done over the bridge. I'm horrible with lyrics. Um, <laughs> yeah. I have a funny story about that too. Um, so yeah, just go listen to the, go compare those. Oh, so. Okay. Noted. Yeah. The lyric thing was, it was, um, I don't think it was out last time we talked, but we'd already recorded the Dolly Parton nine to five duet. And um, yeah, and then we were working on approving the lyric video for it and didn't realize and caught that she actually sang, I look, need a, a fat promotion instead of a fair promotion. So <laughs> about that. And that's supposed oh, to be no. like, and I've got the lyrics up while we're, while we're recording things and I totally missed that. So I'm paying a lot of attention to lyrics right now. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> that's fine. I don't think anyone's going to notice. Yep. <laughs> Well, you you kind of glossed over it really quickly at the at the beginning there, but uh, we do need to give you guys uh, congratulations on the show being picked up for two more seasons. That's I'm sure uh, something that everybody on set is very excited about yeah. to, on the Universal super lot. Happy about it, I'm super proud of our team, and um, you know it's uh it, it it's funny it hits and you're like oh my this is so exciting and then it's like oh my goodness that's 360 more karaoke's we got to find <laughs> at the same time, but we're really excited about it. Now, when because you know the Kellyokies get a lot of the attention, but in our previous conversations with, with you and with Jesse and with Kyle, the bumper music also gets brought up a lot because you guys have also got a pretty large stable of bumper music. Do you? Because I think I I'm trying to remember if if Jesse said I mean there's more than two hundred of them, correct? Yes. Do you guys go back and revisit those or do you just say, okay, we've learned these 200. We're just going to kind of cycle through these. Or are you constantly trying to do something new depending on the situation for the show? Yeah, we're, we're, it's a combination of both. So there's a stable of all the, all the ones we have. Um, and we have some of our favorites and, and luckily we can recycle a lot in the sense of you only hear, we play for about 30 seconds on the show and you only hear maybe two to four seconds of it going out. So we can mm-hmm. revisit sections or, do different energy with it. And um, uh, I've actually handed over most of that to Rachel, my assistant. So now it's her job to read all the scripts the night before, and she tries to figure out the tone. So she's actually the one that chooses, you know, we have so many different styles of bumpers. And so she'll look at the celebrity and who it is and see what might be the best to walk on. Uh, And I'd say we add a couple every week. And so we just keep building it, but it's just a combination of using what we have and adapting it. Like we just did a veterans day episode and so we just simply did a, did a small little thing, like change the drum beat to a marching snare over our, you know, so we'll just do little small things to kind of yeah. make it fresh and different for us. How do you have those like memorized though? Like I just, we don't. <laughs> we don't. <laughs> we don't. Okay. That's, I was like, that's how? an amazing thing. Uh, yeah. So, um, I mean, not to get too technical, we use a program called Ableton live and it has all of our 200 bumpers in it. And at the very top one, there's a little preview 
that's recorded that only we hear in our ears. So Kelly's on the couch interviewing. We know what's coming up next and I'll play the preview for us so we can sit there and refresh our minds. And then we have like a little cheat sheet that kind of gives us the chords. I think that's why it sounds so different is because we actually don't remember them very well. And so we have a new interpretation of it every single time. (laughs) Whatever comes out, comes out. (laughs) And we also know that a lot of the bumpers have some pretty hilarious names We've heard that you guys have made some... Can you give some of the names of the bumpers that are maybe a little more uh, out there? Yeah, I'm just like looking at our master list. We have, um, see, one of our cues is called Chill Boom Bap, and that's the one usually if there's sort of a sad segment happening. Um, Our end credits used to be a song called Clap Happy because it had lots of claps in it, so we called it Clap Happy. Um, We have a cue we play a lot that's a mid-tempo, and it's called Cindy Didn't Want Us. And it's because originally Cindy Lauper was on the show. We were going to play with her, but then they decided they wanted to just do it with just her playing her thing on the couch. (laughs) Uh, One of our rocking songs is called Earl Silent Weight Rage. Earl is our wardrobe guy. And so when we come back from vacation and we gained a couple of pounds each or lost a couple of pounds (laughs) and he's having to constantly readjust our stuff, that's Earl Silent Weight Rage. Um, rage. (laughs) We have one we play a lot with horns that goes dun dun bum bum. That's called GME Payday because I don't know if you remember a couple years ago there was all the stock market thing with GameStop and all that. Yeah. Yes. While we were as a band, like we were on the couch sitting there buying stocks during the day, you know, like ten dollars. Uh, one of my favorite bumpers is called if i was ricky because ricky minor is one of my heroes and so yeah. I a bumper i'm like if i was ricky what would i do <laughs> uh, we have one called jocko's belly bubble belly bubble i don't know why it's named that we have <laughs> sad spine we have kyle gets a shot because that was his first time writing one with us <laughs> oh, when, when we play a lot uh it's called midday temperature check and that was obviously from covid In midday they would come and check uh. our oh geez Anyway, we have all kinds of uh, I love these. <laughs> we have I one called uh, Tequila Time. That's self-explanatory. What the audience doesn't know is that Jason is actually just slyly giving us the album t- or the titles <laughs> of all the new songs from the new record. Yes. <laughs> code, code words. <laughs> Sorry, we're, we're going we're going full Taylor Swift uh, conspiracy theory here. That's what that was. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wish it was that deep over here, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, first and foremost, because uh, we have so much that we want to talk to you about, because there has been so many different things that have gone on since we last had a chance to talk. But first and foremost, uh, you guys just actually made a kind of a fun announcement that you and Jocko are going to be hosting an after party. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I'm really excited about this. I I went to Alex, um, our executive producer, probably about a year ago. And um, I was just like, man, I get so many emails and texts and tweets asking questions about the Kellyoki process. And I've done several interviews, but it's so hard to just do it verbally and see it in writing. I thought, wouldn't it be cool if we could actually take some of the stuff and break it down visually and, um, you know, even go down into, because when you hear a Kellyoki, you're just hearing the mix. And well, I'd love to be able to solo out Kelly's vocal and you hear some stuff and it's amazing. I'd love to be able to solo out maybe some of the programming Rachel does you don't quite hear or, you know, and it's, kind of nerdy so that's not going to reach a broad audience necessarily but i, I think we're going to try to find a balance there um so alex decided she's the one to call, decide to call it the kellyoki after party and we're going to have a start off with a little cocktail each week or whenever we do it and uh talk about some of our favorite kellyokis from that week and then just do a little bit of a deep dive and hopefully get some questions and i don't know see if anybody's interested in hearing about it so it's going to be recurring we you know every so often that's exciting yes okay yeah, that's good. that's the plan i think they're giving us a little bit of a test run um i'm i'm that guy where if like you say don't 
think about marshmallows. That's all I'm going to do. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so, I'm gonna, so if NBC doesn't uh, shut down this podcast after the first episode, then it'll be successful. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. So are you going to have, I mean, this one is just with you and Jocko, but do you like, is the plan to kind of rotate and see who else can come in to talk I mean, about I would, stuff? I have big dreams for it. So I'd love to have guests. I would love to, there's all sorts of things. There's lots of people I'd like to talk to that are part of the process. Yeah. And, uh, and I'd love to, you know, a lot of, a lot of these songs were covering other musicians parts and I would love to uh, kind of hear what they have to say about it. So definitely have some things in the work there where I think um, if people are interested, then I think we can really have some interesting conversations with people outside of Jocko and I. <laughs> Jocko. Yes. Cause yeah, I mean, obviously like obviously everyone else in the band, but then yep. there's also people behind the scenes. Um, yeah. like I think Jocko are the ones who's there we're available the most because Lester commutes back and forth every week from Nashville. Oh, geez. Like, you know, is doing Katy Perry and other things. So like, yeah, I work there seven days a week. So it's just, I think we're the most consistent that can just be there at this point, you know? Well, and I'm, I'm looking forward to, to tuning in because, you know, I would love to hear in addition to yours and Jocko's perspectives on the Kelly Oakies, I mean, I would love to hear, you know, what Rachel's, you know, whole, job is when it comes right. to the Kelly Oakies or Robert too, like back in the back in the booth. Like what what is everybody's role when it comes to constructing these? Because everything looks so perfect and pristine on camera, but behind the scenes there's a lot of people putting this all together and making it happen. So it's gonna be really cool to see that all come together. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So hope hopefully you enjoy it. Awesome. So again, don't forget November 17th. Uh you said it's gonna air after the show, but specifically it's yeah. going to be 5, 5 p.m. Pacific. 5 p.m. Pacific. And when we say after the show, it's after we get done with the show. You know, we tape two shows a day. So our first show starts at 1030, I think. And the second show starts at no 1045. Second show starts at 230. So hopefully we usually wrap our taping by 430. Okay. And then that gives us time to run upstairs, get set, and then go on live after it. Um, yeah. And if people have questions, they can submit them ahead of time on Twitter, I, was, I saw. Yeah, I'm gathering stuff on Twitter and Instagram, but I, it, since it's on YouTube Live, there's going to be a live chat going. Chat. And we have a producer in there with us, producer Andy, and he's going to be reading questions to us. And so obviously the more interactive it can be, the better for us because yeah, mm -hmm. Jocko and I just sitting there talking all day is only going to go so far. Now, one, <laughs> one question that... I think people might be interested in, and I don't know if this is something that can be done, you know, done for episode one, but there will definitely be episode two. We're going to manifest it. I think a, a lot of questions I've seen and people even ask us and we're like, we don't know. We're not, is the clearance side of yep. why do certain songs get approved? Why, why do we think we're hearing one song this week and then it doesn't happen? And I think a lot of people don't understand what goes on. You can't just like go ahead and just cover the song. There's a lot of yep. tape to actually go 100%. through. So and we're going to get to get into all that, which is going to be great. Oh, I'm excited. Be a little bit of music clearance education. I love the publishing side of stuff. It's so interesting. It's, yeah. it's fascinating because there's no <laughs> one formula. It's going to change with every artist. That just yep. gets a little funky. And it's interesting. That's only related to when you think of the video because publishing, when it comes to, I think I may have talked about with just you guys or somebody else before, but, um, you know, like in a live concert, or on radio or on an album, you can cover anybody's song without permission. It's just called a mechanical mechanical license. It's a statutory license. There's a compulsory fee. And once a song's been released, the songwriters can't stop anybody else from recording it until you sync it to video. And so if there's a video element involved, which there is on the show or on a video podcast, an entire new set of rules comes and there's no one rule. So there's no statutory rule. Each song has to be negotiated with each songwriter. And it's a fascinating process. I yeah. think it is. I didn't know that about 
um, like when you're going into the studio and you're covering someone, I didn't realize that you had to, I thought like you still had to get the um the songwriter approval even if you're if it's like a major no nope, you don't release. have to get approval i mean you still have to you you have to notify the publishing company and i've lost track of what the mechanical statutory rate is it used to be 9.2 cents per copy okay um and it, i think it's might even be up to 12 cents now that shows how old i am since i was in college learning this stuff but no <laughs> it's just a set rate and you just it's, and it's long as the song has already been released before so you can't you know if an artist has maybe recorded a song or performed a song live, but hasn't put it on an album yet, you can't go and cover that. Right. Uh, yeah. You can, that, that's why there's every imaginable cover of every song available on Spotify or, or albums. Interesting. I'm learning today. Good. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So I, this is, this is not where I intended to go, but this has now opened up a question for me and I want to maybe test your knowledge a little bit here, Jason. So I'm, I'm going to talk about the, the piece by piece record. Okay. So in the extended version of the piece by piece record, Kelly recorded a version of second wind, which was written by Marin Morris. It was a year later when she put her own version of that song on her debut album. How does that work? Because it's technically not a cover, but she just wrote the song and, and I'm assuming gave it to Kelly or, or, you know, yeah. there were, there was, there was a connection that was made for her to get that song. So yeah. then even though Marin is the songwriter, is she able to do whatever she wants with that song and put it on an album without having to ask anybody? Uh, I believe so. There's multiple songwriters on the song. And at the time when Kelly recorded it, it was an unreleased song. Mm -hmm. So they would have pitched that song to the label and they would have given her a first use license, you know, because the, the, the writers can decide who they want to record that song. So they clearly wanted Kelly to perform that song first. And then when Marin released it as a songwriter, of course she had the right to, and um, but she wouldn't even once because Kelly recorded it, she wouldn't have had to ask permission, but she wouldn't have had to ask permission for herself anyway because she was a writer. Right. But that was a very roundabout way, but yeah, that so that's an example of a single use license. Sorry, a first use license. Um, and Marin was, I mean, she's an incredible songwriter before she even got her artist deal, and so yeah, that's, that's an example of of how that happened. Yeah, I remember the the one time that uh, that I've met Marin, I actually made mention about how I loved that song in particular. And I'm a big fan of her songwriting. And so I said, you know, I, it's hard for me to decide which version I like the best, whether it be Kelly's version or, or her version as well. Yeah. Um, by the way, just since I've got you sitting right in front of me and we can, you know, throw that in for consideration for, you know, one of those Kelly Oki classics <laughs> that kind of come out of nowhere that, uh, that's a, a, that some people may have forgotten uh, the lyrics to, or need to relearn how to play. Just saying that's my vote. <laughs> Big <Okay>. fan. <laughs> we have, we performed it a couple of times on tour. Yeah. Yep. Which I forgot about until somebody leaked our rehearsal audio and I'm like, Oh yeah, we rehearsed second wind. We've, we've gone back to when Christmas comes around, that's what you guys were working on. Uh, when we last spoke, um, can you talk about the process of recording a Christmas record, especially not even necessarily like out of season, so to speak, because most Christmas albums are recorded out of season because you said that the, the Kelly Oki record was sort of already in the process. We have to assume that, you know, this new album, which we're likely to get in 2023, was already in the process as well. What do you what is that meeting like or what's that phone call or, or that walk in the door like when someone says, I know we've already got a couple of irons in the fire, but we also want to do a Christmas record. What do you think? Like what, 
what is that like for you when you hear, oh, it's a, there's another album they got, that we got to work with on top of these others that are already half finished? Yeah. I just I just call that a Monday morning. It's just, uh, <laughs> just waking up for a surprise of the day. Uh, what's going to be coming? I mean, it, uh, the Christmas album, you know, literally was just Kelly sending a couple of voice memos and saying, hey, I've, we've got a Christmas project coming up. Here's a couple of ideas I have. And um, we just start the process. It just, it's such a slow, there's not an official Hi, Jason. This is Atlantic. You're going to be producing a record. Here's the songs. It's just, it's, um, it starts off with here's just one idea. Here's two. Let's start working on these. Uh, you know, here's what Jesse Shatkin's working on. And then, and then eventually we get a deadline and then it kind of goes into full steam. Um, yeah. The, and I, I love working on Christmas projects specifically, uh, because, I can be completely free. There's there's no chasing top 40 radio. There's no chasing cool sound, not cool sound, whatever. Like I, I get a lot more freedom because, you know, the Christmas album is a, you try to actually stay timeless classic and do something. Mm-hmm. So I, and you get to work with an orchestra. And so I just love the whole process of that. I, I'm fulfilled working on that. When we've talked with Aben in the past about the, specifically the, the wrapped in red project and I love when you guys go for the wall of sound effect in a, in a song. I mean, it's very clear in underneath the tree and I would almost, I mean, would you say that you guys tried to do that a little bit at all in, in the second record? Definitely. I think, I think Christmas because Kelly really wanted that. She loves that Phil Spector meets girl group sound. Yeah. Um, so Christmas isn't canceled. Definitely went for that. Yeah. Um, like Merry Christmas. Merry baby. Christmas the one that started off as a, um, Avon sent in the track for that one. It was actually a very orchestral, completely different tempo, everything. And uh, we kind of took that a different direction. Um, and now I can't remember all the songs on the album. I've already. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas, baby. Definitely has a bit of that. Yep, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Which, you know, of course it's, it's on vinyl now. So everyone's like rebuying it and re like acquainting themselves with it. Yeah. I need a vinyl. I hope I can get a copy of that one. Okay. How is it that you don't have a copy on vinyl? I, I, I just figured out they... was coming out on vinyl, I think, on Instagram like last week. We or found out in July. <laughs> <laughs> I, I figured they just like Atlantic just says, oh, hey, by the way, pass these around, everybody. Yeah. Here's the first pressing. Yeah. Here are the comps, <laughs> yeah. you guys. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I will go th- through the track listing. Merry Christmas, baby. That's um, Jesse. Oh, yeah, it's, definitely yeah. awesome. it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Yep. Uh, Christmas, Christmas isn't canceled. Yep. Uh, Merry Christmas to the one I used to know. Yep, my favorite one. So right. good. Heartbreaking. That, we definitely went more for a Carpenter's vibe on that one than the Phil Spector. Yeah. Nailed it. Nailed it. Uh, rocking around the Christmas tree. I can hear a little bit of that there for yep. sure. Yep. Uh, glow. Ooh, glow. We don't talk. That's a. That no, was. That's a very. That was a good one. Like Chris Stapleton. How did that happen? Um, I think Kelly's talked about this on the couch before. Um. That actually started off as a country song. I don't remember who the writers were, and I can't remember why. Well, it was just more country-esque. And I think initially uh, it was it was going to be a duet with a different country artist. And I can't even remember what album. I think because we've been working off and on on this album for the last two years now. So it's, I lose wow. track of which iteration or which process or what, you know, along the way. Um. And then she changed the lyrics to make it into a Christmas song. And it was a solo thing where she sang the whole thing herself. And then somewhere later on in the process, um, she was like, if I could get Chris Stapleton, it would be amazing. And uh, and he said yes. And it turned out to be one of my favorite 
tracks, not not track production wise, but just when his voice comes in, it's just like good grief. It blows you away. And that's a cool song that can go either way. It's not blatantly Christmas. So yep. it's it's that's one of the few because like I'm the person that can't listen to Christmas music. Christmas music in like July. I just, I can't do it, but there are a few that I can, and that's definitely one. Um, so interesting trivia on glow. Not that I don't know if you would care or not, but um, of course. you know, a lot of times when Kelly sends us, sends me a song to work on, I literally get an acapella voice memo. So she's just recorded something with no, there's no music behind it. There's no timing and you can interpret that a, a thousand different ways. So the first thing I do is try to figure out what's our tempo here. What's our key, what's going on. And um, and she's talked about this a lot. Um, her her timing is is very interesting, <laughs> which is why you have things like Christmas isn't canceled goes from straight swung or, and it's why a lot of times we end up. It's how we usually end up with the piano only or guitar songs because to just have a standard drum beat going the whole time, she wants to pause and do these things. So all that to say, I could not figure out what on earth the song what she was hearing in her head with glow. And so she, a couple of days later, she was at her office at home and she literally did this. And then she sang over it. So off my iPhone, I took that. And that's the drum sound you hear at the top. I just literally recorded that. So that's her banging on her, her desk. And that's the drum sound you hear. I just put plugins on it and added some reverb to it, a little bit of distortion. And then we've tracked a live drum on top of it. But what you're hearing is literally her doing the beat which i thought was really Whoa. cool that is very cool nice little nugget i like that i love that it's just proof that just like you can just create a track out of anything i love that it kind of just makes me think of like that's what that's what's amazing to me about her is like she hears the whole thing in her head you know before and it, it's so it's just trying to pull out vocabulary and instruments like she she's very specific about what instruments she's hearing in there or what the timing is or what the swing is. And that's why Christmas isn't canceled. It took so long. Like I thought she was making a mistake. I'm like, okay, you're singing the verses. Like, well, now I can't remember how Christmas is canceled goes now. Uh, dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to sing. Yeah. I'm staying out of this one. <laughs> so she's doing this and all of a sudden I'm like, those are two completely different yeah. things. Mm -hmm. And uh, I actually couldn't figure out, how, and then she was like, no, that's, that's what, it, that's exactly what I want. And I couldn't really figure out how to transition from that straight beat to the swung thing. And it was actually Joe Trapanese, the, the uh, orchestral composer that he was the one that finally figured out how to make that transition build right and where to pause and da, 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 so thank this goodness. Is fascinating. But yeah, she, she hears yeah. it all, but, but all she can do is communicate it, you know, with her yeah. voice, which is amazing. All sure. Right. We got Santa baby. We have yeah. the Ariana Grande track, Santa Can't You Hear Me. Yeah, that was that was the most vocals I think I've ever recorded for any track in my really? life. Like just all those stacks of vocals. It was Jesse and Diana and I, I can't I think and two more singers. I can't remember now. Um, but I don't know how it translates in what you're hearing, but I think, you know, the first time there's the uh I think that was like four voices and then it becomes eight and then it becomes 16. And by the end of it, it's like 64 voices. And it's just, Oh my massive. gosh. I do not want to see those tracks like on there. I can't even imagine <laughs> the nightmare. <laughs> the nightmare. It is just stacked up. And amazing. When you're doing that many vocal tracks, it's funny. You spend more time on, um, 
getting like the editing that happens is getting rid of all the breaths in between because you have 64 times it's easy to blend the notes singing but then imagine 64 breaths going uh uh, uh like <laughs> oh, that. So it's just lots, of, lots of chopping out breaths and and so if you heard those tracks in soloed out um like santa can't you hear me all the bgvs i have to cut out the s's so you would hear anti can't you hear mm, like that because it's just you can't have that many s's stacked on top of each other anyway I'm, i know i'm getting nerdy no no so no that's cool so again you, fascinating so if you have six singers you're only going to hear one or two of them with that specific little yep yep and i usually just leave that on the lead vocal or something and singers are great in the studio about you'll see a lot of times they'll just do this when it gets to the s and whatnot but when you're doing that choir type of sound it's just knowing that i'm just going to kind of pull those little pieces back so you're getting the consonants from Kelly and Ariana, and then the BGVs are filling in the rest. Did you just well, like learn that by doing it, or is that like something that like producers know? <laughs> uh, I think I learned that by just I I there's still an album that I did back in 2001 that I listened to that I can't listen to anymore because the S's are just so they're like little knives in my head going. <laughs> <laughs> so and back and at least back then I don't know anyway I didn't know about YouTube um, or at least there weren't as much videos learners had to learn that myself so i just started experimenting with things well i will say that the that santa can't you hear me is for me it's the the vocal crescendo of the entire record Uh, and i just had one of those i had to stop playing it when i was first listening to it and just kind of absorb it and then go back and listen to it again and again i knew that there were layers there i didn't realize there were so many layers when it came to that song yeah yeah, and I think there's even, I mean, there's counter melodies going on and vocal pads underneath. There's, it, it's a lot going on. It's a wall of sound vocally. That is a hefty, hefty file. All right. Yeah. yeah, it is. Last Christmas. Love that. I love that. Oh, that was great. And I, um, my favorite part about that one is obviously that's not me playing piano. And that's my favorite part about producing is as a producer, I don't, you don't have to do all the things. So I called in, I mean, one of my heroes, Greg Fillingaines, who's one of the most recorded piano players of all time, Stevie Wonder, Michael Jackson. Um, and so he came in and he did that jazz piano arrangement and it was unbelievable. Oh, that's that Was that your first time working with him? Yeah. And oh. I just I called him specifically for this. Jingle Bell Rock. This was yeah, a was fun, a fun one. one. This is fun. That was Jesse and really cool. I love the whole beat and the drums on that one. So And the, the girls, uh, the vocals, it's so kind of 60s girl group and i loved this um i think you guys i think you guys did this in the the, the christmas special the one on nbc so it's so much fun um yep, yep, so we did. Uh, yep. the next one is blessed but i'm i'm gonna admit when i first heard like the like what like the 15 20 second preview that they that um atlantic put out before the album come out i was like okay whatever i didn't really think much of it and yep. then i heard the full track and i'm like oh my God, <laughs> this is one of the best things she's done in years. It's yeah, such it's, a beautiful. It's one of my favorites all the way around. Just it's in in light of everything going on in the world and yeah. our lives at that time and the tone of the record. I mean, it, there's a lot of sad songs on the record. This was just a nice uh, and and, you know, and it was a very um, uh, polarizing song. People love it or they hate it, yeah. <laughs> you know, so. I get lots of feedback on that one, but I love it. I, which is interesting because I want to know who these people are that hate that song because you don't have taste. You're a different. You're a different kind of person because man, I that I mean that song, and I'm I'm so glad that we get to talk about it because it's actually one of the songs, and, and maybe you can speak to this, Jason. Was it always a Christmas song? Because it's another one of those songs like Glow that if you take the couple of Christmas references out, it 
doesn't necessarily feel like a Christmas song. Yeah, and I'm not sure because that I can't remember. Those were that was a song that she picked that other writers had written. I believe I, I have to look at the credits, but I, I don't know if she ended up getting a co-writer on it or not. But I think I think that was something else was already pitched. So somebody that has the vinyl could probably look and tell me. <laughs> I wonder who that is. Um, no, she did not. Oh, to- right. Toby Gad was on this. I didn't know that. Yep, that's right. Cool. Yeah, no, she does not. Uh, have that you know, here. a lot of times, whenever you know, we're just given a on, on songs that she's picked that she wants to record, we're given a demo, and then we have to reimagine it from the original songwriting demo. So, but just one of the one of the nuggets on that song. It's it's. I did this. I did this on. Uh, it's quiet uptown. I just enjoy doing stuff like this. But I think it's. It's in the turnaround of Blessed. Um, I was at her house working on something and I just set up my phone and just recorded her kids playing and running around the room and like laughing yes. and then kind of put that in and verbed it out. So you, you hear all that happening in the background and yeah. it's just a layer of emotion to it that I love. I you know, I was wondering, I was like, are those just random children? I like I was always wondering who that was, and that's even more yeah. special. I mean, it takes that. more it makes total sense total too. Total sense. Um yeah, this is just one of those songs that um lyrically it came out at the right time yeah, i think so, yeah. I mean, the whole album did let's be honest but i think having a quote on everyone says this is her sad christmas album there's plenty of upbeat stuff on here but i think it came out at the right time that we all kind of needed that we're like yeah we're all kind of burnt out and deflated yeah. and we can all relate to that but this kind of puts things into perspective and this song and, yeah. it, and like it doesn't unvalidate all the rest of the feelings but it's like yes even with all that there's still something to be thankful for. Exactly. So. And also Absolutely. it's just like, it's the production, the, the chorus. Yeah. It's. Yeah. A lot of that ugh. man, Joe Trapanese's orchestration. He's, I mean, I think he's, at, well, he's, I first met him through, because Greg Kirsten hired him for Wrapped in Reds. So that's the first time I met Joe. Okay. And then we, and they've, he's been on piece by piece. He's been on, I mean, he's an incredible composer and, and um, yeah, he, Worked one of my favorite albums, M83, Hurry Up, We're Dreaming. He oh, did yeah. All that Midnight, that. Midnight City? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that whole album, that's all his orchestrations. And so I'm a huge fan of his. Oh, that's awesome. The last track is Christmas Comes Early. That's another one that is just... Oh, yeah. It really just... Yeah, it gets you, it gets right, you in the heart. right in the feels. And it's like yeah. kind of a oof one to close the record out on. I remember that one because we did... Sorry, we recorded three different versions of that, so I was trying to remember <laughs> which one ended up on the album. Oh, really? Is it sort of is the one on the album that's just kind of piano and vocal, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. there's three yeah. versions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 Very different styles of that one. So yeah, Interest. interesting. Okay. Wait, is it Christmas come early that has the kids in it? Maybe no, it's blessed, isn't it? Oh, I have to go back and listen. Wait, now, now I don't know. My see, I haven't listened to this since last Christmas, so now you're testing me. Now I'm going to listen. Yep. And this is why I enjoy listening to your podcast. Seriously. Like I've, I've sometimes drive to work. It's like, I'm at that point in my career where I've forgotten more than I've actually done. And it's not like <laughs> it, it feels like it's, it's not like narcissistic when I listen to it, but it's like, it's, it's fun to be reminded of all the things that I've forgotten about. And so that's why I enjoy hearing other people's stories. And I'm like, and then they, and they, they start to differ over the years. It's like, you know, 18 years later, I'm sure you asked four different band guys, our recollection of <laughs> the breakaway tour, you're going to have four different stories. And so it's just fun to, <laughs> So yeah, I've already forgotten half the Christmas stuff, but we're going to have to refresh ourselves real quick because we're about to start performing those again for, um, you know, we have our Christmas shows coming up on the TV show. Oh, so you're going to be performing some of those. Well, we always do Kelly Christmas songs. And so we have to slot, I think we have five or six Christmas songs every season that we do. And so I'm sure some of those will make it 
Do you think there will also be some wrap in red? Or are you just going to stick to the current stuff and some covers? I'm just kind of curious. Uh, well, we're trying to do songs that we we try not to. Re I don't think we've ever repeated a song on the show yet. And I think for Wrapped in Red, I mean, we've already done Underneath the Tree on the show. And we've done Merry Christmas or Baby, Please Come Home. Is that from Wrapped in Red? Yes. And we've done Last Christmas. That's a no, new one. A new one. <laughs> I'm no, like testing my knowledge. Sorry. The, oh, uh, um, the Sound of Music one. Oh, favorite thing, my favorite things. Yeah. That was wrapped yeah, in red. That, that was wrapped yeah, in red. Yep. Yeah, yeah, we've done that one. So anyway, yeah. Um, I think. Wait, when did there is one song that we're doing that's not on this Christmas album? But I can't remember what Christmas album it was on. So anyway, yeah, lots of Christmas songs. Good. Well, I'm excited to hear those. So excited. Yes. All right. So let's go from one record to the next because you said again while all this is going on, you guys are also working on the Kellyoki project, which was. I mean, I want to say it was a big surprise to see so soon that you guys were going to put out an EP with some full studio versions of it. And I just have to say, because I have said this, I said it to Jesse, I said it to Kyle, and I'm thrilled that I get to say it to you. This is probably the best produced vocal of Kelly's that I have ever heard. There is just something how you capture her voice, your vocal capture that you do with her on this album specifically, that has, is just different than anything else before. And I don't know if it's because everything else is so overproduced and there's there's so much compression and there's just so much else going on. She just she sounds so incredible on the Kellyoki album. And and I've said this to some other people where I am so glad that it's been you and the core band that have been working together on these new recent releases because there is just a different sound. It, it There's just a different way that it all sounds when it's the core group of people working together. Was there something that you either tried to do differently on the Kellyoki album or is this just showing everything you've learned as a producer in in you know in one album? Oh, I mean, that's an interesting question because I don't, I don't know because I'm not thinking about it while we're doing the process. So you know, the the insecure part of me goes, "Wow, was I doing bad the last three albums?" Or but I, but I get what you're saying. Like it was, yeah, uh, I, you were not, um, you know, <laughs> yeah, no. The thing, the thing when people when I hear comments about specifically her vocal when I've recorded it, a lot of times when an engineer records something, they're as you know, they're trying to process or make something better. I've just, I've heard her voice so much over 20 years in a natural environment. To me, it sounds weird when it doesn't sound like her. So really when I'm recording her, I'm consciously staying out of the way. And I, I learned that years ago. Um, I mean, I, it's probably in 25 years now. Um, I was so young. My wife and I were in England. And we got to go to Peter Gabriel's studio and his engineer, Dickie Chapel, has been with him his whole career. He's sort of like what I've done for Kelly. He's been with Peter. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I was, I was that guy that, that's now asking me questions on Instagram, like what EQ and what compressor and what are you doing there? And he's like, man, my, I, I hate to disappoint you. My job is just to stay out of the way and record as quickly as possible and capture as nice naturally as possible. And that's just always stuck in my head. So, you know, people would be very disappointed if they heard what my vocal chain is with Kelly or what I do, because what you're hearing is actually what she sounds like without everything else happening on top of it. I mean, there is compression, you know, that, um, sure. But I spend more time getting rid of the elements of compression. Like if you saw my automation, I'm I'm pulling out all the extra compressed breaths and things like that to make it natural. So um 
part of it is now that we're doing the show, or at least over the last three years, and except for a few things she's recorded over with over with Jesse Shatkin, every vocal you've heard her release on every duet, every show has all been recorded in the studio at right next to her dressing room, basically. So it's a very comfortable, natural place. So she can come in. And so it's not, and we're not resetting up gear every time it's just set up. So I feel like there's was less time spent trying to figure out a vocal sound as it was just part of our natural flow anyway, out of what we we're doing the show. So I think that's why that sounds like that. And also, you don't, you don't have to like, you know, Oh, we only have the studio for four hours or whatever. Yep. It's just kind of like, all right, Jason's yep. office, walk right in. Yeah. yeah. yeah which is great. So what was it like working on the Kellyoke having just pretty much my band y'all pretty yeah. much it uh it was man it was a great experience it um the luxury of being a producer is you kind of get to decide how you want to approach each project and so a lot of times it's just i do things not for musical reasons just for selfish reasons because i want to do it you know it's just the same <laughs> reason i brought in greg filling gains or if like if there's a guitar player that i want to work with it's just i get to do that which is awesome or a studio you know like oh this studio was my favorite whatever um, so this one, it'd been, it's been a long time since we've actually, um, and it's not a right or wrong thing, but since I just took a group of guys, we went in the studio and we recorded all at the same time. And, you know, cause I'd say 90% of what I've done over the last 15 years, it's the drummer records first, then you track bass. Like we're not doing things at the same time. And this one, I wanted to do everything at the same time. So we found a studio, um, less than a mile from universal. And I can't remember the name of it. Maybe my manager does. Nope, she doesn't. Uh, <laughs> Larrabee, Larrabee Sound. Yeah. Um, a lot of the big Michael Jackson records were recorded there. It has a great history. And um, so we all got to sit up in a room and face each other. And it was just awesome. And we just kind of took our time. And um, there wasn't, it, instead of overdubbing and fixing, it was just like, let's do a take, let's do a take, and let's get it right. Now, it was very interesting trying to figure out after three years of trying to figure out how to take a long song down to a minute and a half, now it's like, well, we have this minute and a half version. How are we going to take this? <laughs> yeah. Make it interesting and and re relearning how to build a dynamic. Um, it was just a lot of fun. I think we were just having fun in the studio and like getting to play again and we're not punching in and not like literally playing full songs and doing performances. And I think that's why it has a different sound to it. I was going to say, that might be the reason why, just because you all were just like, it, it seemed a little bit more, I don't know what they use how very Beatles of yeah. you <laughs> just <laughs> sit down and be like oh let's just do another pass see how this one sounds yeah and it was just so much fun to work that way and see each other's faces while we're recording stuff and yeah even a lot of the synth sounds um you know typically I would program stuff in logic or it's soft sense and and this was just this was an analog keyboard on top of a b3 and I was literally just dialing and sounds on the fly trying to come up with neat cool stuff and uh so Queen of the Night came up awesome because there's parts that I can't tell what's a guitar and what's a keyboard because Jock and I were having fun. It kind of started off, you hear this weird guitar go, and then you hear this keyboard sound go, that was just Jock and I looked at each other. He went, and I went, shank, and it somehow it all turned into some great musical stuff. All very technical terms, I'm sure. Well, I, I mean, the the song that, you know, we talk a lot about uh, in addition to Queen of the Night, probably the two that we talk the most about are Happier Than Ever and Fake Plastic Trees. Um, Fake Plastic know, Trees, I think if I, it's my favorite Kelly vocal ever on any song. Like you feel like you're this close and the control it took, like I, I can't even, 
I mean, it goes from this to this, and it's, mm-hmm. it's and, master. And vocal. you, I remember you shared a video right when this came out of like the the huge orchestra that was involved, like the big yep. string section. How did that come to be? Uh, that one would have been just four strings, I believe. Yeah. So I mean, by have, huge, it was four. Okay. From, from Christmas, yeah, that was that was a string quartet. Yep. Oh, wow. And they were, but I was also sharing videos. I think around that time from the Christmas. Oh, maybe, maybe that. That's what I'm yeah. thinking. Still, oh my god, it's like. Yeah. Jeremy, it made you cry, right? Like, I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm I, not. I, like, I it made you cry. <laughs> I don't. I don't have emotional reactions to to music much anymore. But that there was something about that song, and I think it was it was everything. It was it was the vocal. It was the instrumentation. It was everything that just it was a it hit different than like any song that I've listened to uh, in probably the last 10, 15 years, and. You know, we we sort of had the same discussion with Jesse where she mentioned that she wasn't there the day that Kelly tracked her vocal. Right. And so she got to hear it afterwards and it hit her in a different kind of way. And I'm just I am so thankful for that particular song because it just it made the entire album just seem so much bigger. Yeah, it's a it's a career highlight for me. And I, and it's 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 not even it's it's not a song that shows off anybody's chops. You know, it's not like a musician muso thing it's a fully emotional thing and i think and we were all very aware of the weight i mean we've covered almost i mean thousand a thousand plus songs at this point yeah um being a huge radiohead fan it's it's for some people it's like it's probably like for aben covering the beatles that's his right. thing but Radiohead yeah. is my beatles and so like there's a weight to it that you took and like how do we honor that and um it yeah it was a it's weird talking about loving a song that you were a part of and i just can't say enough it's not because we were a part of it it's just the magic of those people at that time in that moment with kelly's vocal like it all came together to something bigger than the whole and i'm a fan of it too as weird as that sounds you can also flex you can totally flex it's amazing (laughs) that's not a flexing song for me i didn't do anything other than just play some you know play some roads and um but like you said stayed out of the way yeah yeah and that's the song that you let it be about the lyric and the melody, and that's it did it. And Pam, you you have waxed poetic about Queen of the Night, or excuse me, uh, Happier Than Ever as well. Yeah, I mean, I barely knew the Billie Eilish version. I like heard it once or twice, and like you know, nothing against her, just like not what I listen to normally. But when I heard this, I was like, I like screamed. I was like, this is the best <laughs> thing I've heard. And you know, it was just it's yep. you know, I really <laughs> liked the the karaoke live. I liked it, yep. but obviously it was way different. There was just more you guys were able to do in the studio and do a fuller version and just, I don't know. Yeah, that was a hard song to edit down for because Billy has so many sections in it. And so to mm-hmm. edit that down for a minute and a half, we had to cut out so much of stuff. Course, so it was yeah. nice to and it's, be able to do the full thing. The progression of that song is so bizarre, but in like the best way possible, you just would yeah. never, it basically sounds like two different songs. Now I just have one very bizarre question for the beginning of happier than ever. Am I hallucinating or are there like kind of like cricket sounds or like outdoorsy sounds when Kelly is singing the second verse? <laughs> I don't have a timestamp for you. I can probably grab one. Oh, it's throwing me off because there is a song that we've covered that does have cricket sounds in it because Rachel had to program cricket sounds. It might be this one. Are you sure it's this song? Okay, because I know for sure, like, because in the original version of whoever's song, I just don't remember it being this song. You'd have to give me a timestamp. But I know for sure we have recorded, we've made cricket sounds for a song. It's around the like one, one twenty five, one thirty. It's very subtle, but I hear it in the background. 
118. I'm going to do this. I'm pulling up the multi tracks. <laughs> I'll let you know if we can use this or not. But let's see. <laughs> am, I, am, I, am I hallucinating? Oh, it might be, but I swear I hear it. I even I hear what you're hearing. I even heard it over over the Zoom audio. Yeah. Yep, we have cricket ambience that Rachel did. So this it sounds kind of. I like... am not crazy. Well, maybe I am, but <laughs> <laughs> not with this. <laughs> it's kind of yeah. It's raindrops with some bayou crickets in the background and some walking. Oh, it's it's just so it's so cozy. I just yeah. uh, thank you for well, humoring good, me. Good catch. Good job, Rachel. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Good job, Rachel. <laughs> That's right. awesome. Well, okay. So um, this is probably going to start getting into the point where you, you can't say or speak towards it yet, but would you hope that the Kellyoke EPs would become a series or is this something that just sort of scratched an itch for, for, for you guys and or Kelly or, I've it, literally have not heard anything official at all. I would just be shocked if they if we didn't do it again at some point because I know yeah. Kelly enjoyed it. I know the feedback from and I don't know the you know what all is involved in a label making that decision, but um, I think everybody loved it. I know we loved it, and so and there's so much to pull from. So I would yeah I would love to see it become a yearly thing. Just you know, similar to like even on the Voice and Idol, you can download songs from the season. I just think it's a nice. Thing. I was um, I was thinking, you know, comparing it a bit to like Smokestack, you know, it was just a cool little yeah. EP. You get the one here. We got one a year later. It was it was a nice little nugget yeah. for us. That would be great. Now we're going to get into some uh, territory where we're going to dance around a lot because, <laughs> you know, we, we know that there's very, very little that you can can speak about. Um, the things that we we have heard and, and know a bit about uh, the new record that Kelly is working on. Um, it's you and Jesse Shatkin that are both kind of doing the producing duties correct yeah as, as far as i know I, all i know is that any in any part of any process like whoever like i there could be other stuff going on i just don't know so i'm only privy to my world you know and what's going on and albums i mean even every album worked on is it, it takes iterations over the process so as yeah. of right now yeah i know that jesse's working on some stuff and and i am as well now how long would you say in total that you guys have have been working on this project uh, man, it's just so hard to say. I mean, I've I've heard versions of some of these two years ago, and I've heard brand new stuff. And but I can't even say that these were part of an album. I mean, there's there's stuff that we put on um, piece by piece that had been left over something before. So it's just hard to say any. So I feel like there's stuff I heard a couple of years ago that might have been for this, or you know, and I've heard things revisited that we worked on. But I'm I'm just we're always recording songs, so it's just really hard to pinpoint what's yeah. for which project and what's going on. Is there a? I mean, I, I can't compare like this, but is there like a, a Prince like vault where, and it's probably like a hard drive at Jason's house. <laughs> I mean, is there a place where there's just a lot of unfinished material that either was just ideas, or do you guys really do try to use? everything that you sort of flesh out uh it's both i wouldn't say i've never heard her have an unfinished thing so i'd say there's a vault which is my laptop and her laptop i mean there's easily a hundred plus finished songs when i say finished like not fully produced but i mean right more than just a vocal memo and a, i mean you know fully realized to a point of demo and 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 she never records vocals for pretend so i would say that any of that could be released and, and stand up to something you know, at some point. So yes, there's 
I mean, Prince is a good She, I mean, she has so many songs, which is great. Yeah. So when you're either a producer, and I, mean, I guess I can't have you speak for Kelly, but I mean, she obviously knows the vibe that's going to be for the next project, the next album. Do you go back through, you know, everything you have and say, okay, what fits that vibe? You know, or, you know, what can we tailor towards kind of the sound that we're looking for for this album? Or do you just say, you know what, we're starting from scratch and we're just going to do all new material for this? Yeah, I feel like, I feel like we end up starting from scratch almost every time. And that's why the material doesn't get released. It's not, it's not a matter, it's, it's less about a song is the wrong sound for something. It's just that it was a different season of life yeah. at that point. You know? And so it's like, um, but I always hate speaking to her creative process. Cause I, you know, for everything I tell you, that's a rule. There's always an exception that surprises me. Um, I mean, there's still stuff that we, I can't remember when there's a few songs we recorded. Like I remember specifically in Korea um, that didn't make whatever album. I feel like all I ever wanted. I feel like I read in the, like on Wikipedia that something was done in Korea for that album. Was it? Because it's whatever album, I'm trying to remember what songs made it or not. Like, what album was You Love Me? Stronger. Okay. And what was the album before Stronger? All, all I Ever wanted? wanted, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think you're right. Maybe it was All I Ever Wanted. Anyway, there's a batch of just, like, if I had my way, there's there's at least eight to ten songs from that season that I still love that I would release. You Love Me was Stronger. There was a there was like a throwback kind of 80s sound on All I Ever Wanted. I can't remember what it is now. Was that? That, um... I want you Who's red. Howard the Howard Benson produced. Um, anyway, if I can't have so you, whatever, if I can't have you, no, no, that was Ryan Tedder. So whatever album Howard Benson um, produced several songs on, there were some other songs from that album that would be amazing. But anyway, it's so long ago. We love that album, the All Ever Wanted album. <laughs> yeah, we love it. It's so good. Did you know that as you began the process of recording the the songs for this upcoming project, did you know? that Kelly was probably going to want to sit on them for a while because she's made it pretty well known that she wasn't ready to, to sort of unleash these songs on the world. She needed to, to live with them for a little bit. Did you know going into that, that this was probably going to be the case or, or did it actually surprise you that, like you said, it's been two years since some of this stuff has, has begun. No, uh, again, it's cause it's whenever we're working on a song, I'm, it's never, Hey, here's this. It's very rare that it's, this song is for this project. It's just like, Hey, I need you to record a vocal tomorrow. Or, hey, can you work on this idea? And, and literally some of them end up being Christmas or some of them have been other projects or so. I, I just, I'm not being flippant. I just don't have time to ask her. I don't even think about those questions whenever it's happening. Sure. You know? And yeah. then you start to over time, see a, a group of stuff come together. So is there a point where you just, you kind of see the final track list and, and even that's a bit of a surprise to you because you even don't know, What's going to kind of make the final cut? That's why I, I hate to ever talk. Like, even if I produce something and I've been told it's going to be the next single until I see an album out, there's, there's so many things that happen after we turn in an album. Cause then marketing people listen and the label listens. And then, um, you know, Kelly's listened more and maybe leans more towards. So I just, I just never know what's ever going to make, make a final project or not. And so that's why I hate to speak definitively. Sure. Like, well, you said, I'm like, <laughs> that's wild. I don't know. I just, that's why you don't assume things. But like, I just assume that like you, you know, all right, you're going to have a 12 or 14 track album. You, I figured that like once everything's recorded, it's still kind of within at least the production knows which are going to be sent off. But I guess not. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, sometimes you'll mix 20, 25 songs with the idea of being on an album, and you know, however, and that's 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 how you end up with um, whatever you call them, bonus tracks or um, other international versions. A lot of times, you know, because um, I think like. Don't get us started. Do not get us started on some of the bonus tracks that I was like, this should have been a single. <laughs> well, and most time those bonus tracks are released just in Japan or just in the deluxe edition. Those were all recorded with the idea that they were going to make the album. And then at the end of the day, there's only so many songs yeah. that fit in the album. And it's like, well, where can we use these these extra songs? I'm glad you said that because that's that's been a question on my mind is, is you know, is there these are these tough decisions in a meeting or something where it's like, all right, here are the songs that make the record. Here are the ones that, you know, we really would like to have them on there. How do we get them out to the public in some way, shape, or form? And yeah. I'm, I'm glad you cleared that up because I've, I've wondered that for, for years. And I just try to stay in my lane because it's like I'm, I'm producing or writing. And if you ask any band member, it's just like, just like fans, we all have our extremely strong opinions on why on earth wasn't this a single or if this had been a single, <laughs> it would have been, you know, and, and everybody different, you know, like for us, Meaning of Life, How a Whole Lot of Woman was not the first single. Blows Thank you, up. Jeremy. Thank it sets you. up the story and like it's a here's the new sound and it has everything you know but experts that know things that deal with radio on a daily basis that i don't um make other decisions and we still get to go play them all and tour them all but um yeah I think for every album there's just a i can't believe that that wasn't a single and and even when uh, kelly did a, a random buzzfeed or mashable or somebody's you know video for a, a bracket challenge for her her own music and her bracket ended up coming down and whole lot of women was the winner of her bracket. And I'm just thinking, even she says that this is a great song. How did this not end up a single? So again, thank you for shedding the light yeah, on that, that kind of that stuff. That fully embodies who she was for that album. So, and we, yes. Uh, and we just Absolutely. played it again live. We just, we just did our first, well, I can't remember how long we did our first full show uh, last oh, month. Yes. So I some Galveston for Norwegian cruise, cruise lines. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, it's man, it's uh, for all of us. What a whiplash going from playing a minute and a half of a song. I, just remember, I remember, I think, I think it was in Walkaway. I'm like, oh my goodness, there's two more choruses, and we're like, it's it's just such a. We've been out of that world for so long right. that I have to admit, like, we were so excited. I I uh, I might have sprained my knee on stage that night and had to go get a little brace <gasps> afterwards. Oh no. Because I haven't, uh, we haven't done a full on show in so long. So. <laughs> well, and that that brings me to my next question because you know Kelly has sort of. It's behind the scenes has kind of let it slip or it has been alluding to the fact that there's going to be a tour in the next year. Um, are you excited about the prospect of touring again? Or I mean, like, do you guys need to get these warm up shows so that you guys can get back into like touring form because you're so used to playing 90 seconds? Yeah, I, I never even thought about that, but it's just like, yeah, it's a whole different shape standing up and bringing energy, especially for her. I can't imagine, you know, if instead of singing for two minutes at a time, singing for 45 minutes to an hour, so yeah, uh, yeah. I'm certainly hope. I, I I know we're gonna have to promote a record, and I'm and I know she's said that she has a desire to go do shows, and so I don't know what that's gonna look like. But you guys haven't done this. Will. Like, Media Life dropped yeah. five years ago, which is insane to think about. So you guys haven't like, and the the tour was almost four years ago. So like, it's it's wow. been a, it goes by fast. It goes by real it fast, does. but it's been a very long time. It does not seem like it's been that that yeah. long. So I can tell like why your body gave out. <laughs> <laughs> like what is this i'm five years older too so aren't we all aren't we all <laughs> uh well jason i i just have one more here um when it comes and i, I want to sp speak about going back to kind of the kellyokis uh, on the show itself um one of one of the things i've noticed especially about season four 
is that it seems like a lot more of the Kellyokis this year really change up the original source material more so than you guys kind of did in the previous seasons. What makes you decide to go in a in a different direction with a song like that? Yeah, I don't. I I, I haven't noticed because if we're doing that, it's not conscious. Um, it's unless I get a specific direction from Kelly. Um, like uh, we just, I think it came out yesterday, Lady Marmalade, mm-hmm. Marlotta. Yep. Um, she specifically wanted a different direction um, because that other version had done so much. And so, and has, anyway, I can't remember, try to remember what hasn't aired. There's been several that we've just done a different direction and it's been purposeful. Like mm-hmm. the one I'm, the one I'm thinking of specifically is Ring My Bell. Like, oh. That was her 100%. Was- and oh, I hate, you know. Her musical knowledge is is vast, and I um I'd never even heard the original "Ring My Bell" and the discoy one that happened. It was a disco song, yeah. I think, right? Yeah. Um, but Kelly instantly, like, she sent me a voice memo, and she wanted to do a slowed down, creepy version. I think she referenced, like, you know, sort of Lana Del Rey. Like, let's take it in a. A lot of times, she'll say "dark" or "swampy" is her swampy. word. Swampy. Um, so, <laughs> so try to try to take it in that direction, and um, those. Yeah, and that that's where she has such a good gut because those ones are the ones that get the most feedback and things. Other things that that are just a lot of we have this thing in the band, you know, when we get on by the time we perform the karaoke, we haven't actually rehearsed that song in maybe two weeks because we try to work two weeks out. Okay. So we record a reference for her, we forget about it. So by the time we perform the song, we've already done it. We've already done 20 other songs by then. And Kelly is just interviewed for three hours or two and a half hours on the couch. And then she goes backstage while Glam touches her up. And that's when we play the song again. And there's been several times she'll come out on stage and we've got a, we have a full production song rehearsed and maybe I'm sitting there trying to remember my part. So I'll just start playing the piano by myself. And then she'll go, Ooh, let's do that piano only. Or same thing with the guitar. Like there was one we just did recently. We were doing a country song and Jocko was, he was literally just trying to remember the part. And she's like, Oh, that sounds great. We're just so sometimes it's intentional and sometimes it's just like in the moment. And then we scrap all the production, scrap all the lights, all the stuff we worked on, and I'll fly, <laughs> do this little more intimate performance. But I just trust her gut on that stuff. So it's it's uh she's usually right. Well, I know that you are you kind of keep an eye out of what the fan base says and what their what their feelings are about some stuff. But see there you guys are on another level with the season four mm-hmm. Kelly Oakies. I mean, these have just been so good and so different. And it, it's clear that you guys are trying new things. You're, you're obviously uh, pivoting when you need to, and it's, it's showing off in a, in a big way. And, and they're just, they're fantastic. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, we're, it's, it's hard for my mind to separate what was season three from four. Cause it all runs together, but uh, we've had some really, really good ones this season. And a lot of that's because we're having better songs clear. There's more other songs that we've been trying to clear for three or four seasons, three seasons yeah. now coming in. And um, yeah, and in first season, first couple of seasons, I think we're all all fan requests. Yeah. And I think you've seen we've done away with the segment where it's it's not an audience picking a song. So we've actually had a lot more input into the songs. Um, so the band, we're choosing a lot more songs and we're always pitching to Kelly like, uh, you know, jumper third. I was line, just going to say, you guys got the third eye blind. I yeah. know you had <laughs> you had wanted it. <laughs> so we have, you know, we have Jen Blossoms coming up. So you're hearing a lot of '90s music because we're finally like, there's all the ones. You know, I think we've, uh, what we just, we did the the middle. You know, all the small. Yeah. Things. We're kind of hitting that little segment right now, and then love it more R and B stuff, and then there's always always the country stuff, and that's usually you know 
those those were the least familiar with, but that's where Kelly is the most familiar with. And so awesome. You've you've mentioned a couple of times just in our in our talk today about Kelly's musical acumen, her her musical mind and and the things that she really knows about. Do you feel like she doesn't get credit for just how all-encompassingly musical that she is because she's probably looked upon by the the better part of the public as just a, a great singer and and people constantly comment and and give her compliments on her voice but from what i'm hearing from you especially today a lot about just her musical mind is something that i don't think people really know about and and give her credit for yeah i don't i mean i don't I haven't read a lot. I don't know what the perception of her is in that way, but yes, the the focus is on her voice from media and critics. But uh, I mean, I've been, she is so involved at every level of her music and the arrangement. It's, it's literally embarrassing. Sometimes I've, sometimes I'll come up with my wife and show her an article that came out and it says something like this great arrangement by her musical director. And I'm like, oh, that was all Kelly's idea. And so I'm always, <laughs> and there are plenty of things that she hands to me that I'm very proud of that, you know, was, was me. Um, but I, I'm. I think people are even 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 her the song she chooses for contestants with the voice. Like every time I see her, she's listening to music because she's picking out songs. Her musical repertoire is incredible, and um, I mean, I'm embarrassed sometimes when she's she's like, "You haven't heard that song," and she's so disappointed. I'm like, I, I didn't listen to that, and she listened and knows everything. It's, it's really remarkable. It's incredible to have that like That's... that like bandwidth. It's just yep. yeah, mind blowing. Yeah. All right. Our last question, Jason, and then we'll let you go because you've, you've spent so much time with us and we're really appreciative. This is a very self-serving question, but we would not be a fan podcast if we didn't Uh-oh. come out with this question. I will preface. I don't know what he's going to ask. You, I've, I've mentioned this question to you, Pam, but we, we sort of laughed about it. So first and foremost, anytime we have any of the other band members on, they always tell us, oh, Jason says very nice things about you guys. And we really appreciate that. So First of all, thank, thank you very you. much for for being so kind to us because it, it's been returned to us, and we are we are eternally grateful. We we have to ask because we wouldn't be proper fans if we didn't. Do you know, in all of your dealings with the boss lady, is she aware that there is a fan podcast out there in the ether that talks about her music and her career? Wow, that's where you went. <laughs> I actually don't know that. We've never actually talked about it. So Okay. Sorry, and, not, that's, that, and that's fine. Aware, no. no is a perfectly acceptable <laughs> answer. That's fine. Uh, we, were, we were just curious because we, we have a couple of different uh, close friends of the podcast that we, yep. that, uh, that, you know, we kind of kick around uh, ideas and stuff. And so I don't, even know, I don't even know if it was me or somebody else said, you know, Kelly has to know about this podcast by now. It's been two and a half years. And I'm like, eh, I wouldn't, you know. I wouldn't necessarily. The uh, last count thing on she that. wants to hear is someone talk about her, so probably not. <laughs> <laughs> so probably not. <laughs> uh, Jason Halbert, we are so thankful for for you spending the time and and coming on and chatting with us today. We are so excited about everything that you guys have coming up, both announced and unannounced, uh, and we're so excited to take the ride with you guys. Thank you. Uh, like I told you, we appreciate her fan community. I mean, she Kelly. Um, has said a lot, you know, she's, she said she owes a lot. She appreciates what I bring to her career. And I can't imagine having my career without having this fan community. Cause literally a lot of the things I, I rely on our fans, her fans so much for great ideas, you know, the piano cover of never again or different Kelly songs. And so the interaction is just so good 
for me. And, uh, and also when you get bogged down in, in, in work just every, every day, it's just nice to, to have a, to remember why we're doing this and to hear people love. And I, I love to hear the hate. I love to hear the love. I love to hear it all. So <laughs> like, it's, like I said, I'm an advocate for her fan community. So a lot of times what I bring to her is on behalf of what people want to hear. And so I just really appreciate what you've done to help bring that community together. And, and, uh, and I love hearing other people talk about what I love most, which is playing music for Kelly. Oh, that's awesome cool. well jason we adore you jason john whatever we want to call you john we, yeah. did, we didn't bring that john up Holland. we didn't bring that up john john we waited till the very end I, when was i gonna drop that I, I texted that i texted her the next morning i got her went out and got her number and I actually thanked her for mispronouncing my name <laughs> uh, or misstating it because it actually i was just so nervous that day it was you know imagine oh you did great and uh and so that broke the ice and had a good laugh so and it you- actually made so much better and you changed your name on instagram for a minute i thought that was hilarious <laughs> it's like he's uh, jason thank you so much yeah thank so you, good guys. to see you so good to spend some time with you uh all the best to you and uh just have a great holiday season and we can't wait to see what's coming up in the next year awesome well, we'll look forward to talking to you soon and we can talk about all the things we're working on right now yay <laughs> thanks jason <laughs> I'll tell you, Pam, I love every time we're able to have Jason on the podcast. I, I say that like we've had him 40 times. It's the <laughs> second time he's been on the second, show. Second but I, I just want to sit and talk music with him for hours and hours and hours. And I know he's saying that a lot of the stuff that they're going to talk about on the Facebook or excuse me, the YouTube live in a couple of days is going to be super nerdy. I am all for it. Me too, because like people, even the casual fan, I think is going to be really interested to hear how it all comes together because it's not just like oh we're gonna learn a song and we're gonna rehearse it and then we do it there's just like way more involved like in the Mm pre-production and i guess post that a lot of people aren't aware of and people just you know i think a lot of us just think oh the magic happens it's there they learn the song and they're done there's way more that goes into it so i'm very very excited to learn a lot of the you know technical stuff behind it both like, I don't know. I'm not a musician at all. I'm not a producer <laughs> at all. So I don't I don't know how anything works. I'm just a fan. I consume music. So I like to hear how it's made. Speaking of how things are made, I would like you to know that Jason just texted me to give us an update on something we were talking about during the show. He said, I just listened. Okay. The kids recording is on Christmas come early, not blessed. But he said, okay. he goes, not that it matters now. It was just driving me nuts. So he, you, you, you had it in his head <laughs> that he couldn't figure out which song it was. So there you go. He, he cleared uh, it up for everybody. There yeah. you go. Um, so for anyone who was a little con- confused what we're talking about, the uh, Kelly Clarkson show, uh, Jocko and Jason are going to be doing a live um, YouTube chat mm-hmm. um, on this, uh, this, uh, this up- upcoming Thursday. If you're listening in real time. Pacific time. Yes, in real time. Five Pacific time, eight Eastern. I guess that's seven Central. Um, getting all the time zones in there. Yes. And I'm really excited. You know, he kind of told us off screen that or off camera that uh, the chat is not going to be enabled and that's not his choice. It's just politics. Yep. Um, so if you have questions that you are interested in regarding Kellyoki, how they're made, what the process is. Um, check out Jason's Twitter at Jason Halbert. He made a tweet a couple days ago at pretty much inviting people to ask him questions and they're going to gather some together and, uh, they're going to read them during the live stream. So get those questions in early. Yeah. And again, that's the Kelly Oki after party on Thursday, November 17th. 
and that it is on the Kelly Clarkson Show YouTube page. So be sure to check that out. Yes. And again, just a huge, huge, huge thank you to Jason for joining us. He has a billion jobs, told us he works like 12, 14 hours a day, and yet set aside close to an hour and a half to chat with us. Yeah. So I'm feeling hashtag blessed right now. <laughs> just to go in line with the Christmas album. Yes. Uh, before uh, Pam does all the business at the end of the podcast here, I uh, just want to give you Jesus. a bit of a programming note. Uh, we are going to be taking off next week for the Thanksgiving holiday. So uh, we will be off then, but we will be back in two weeks with a brand new episode. So we're very excited to uh, get back to it. And hopefully you guys all have a very happy Thanksgiving. Or if you don't, if you don't celebrate Thanksgiving, if you don't live in the U.S., yeah. I hope you have a great I hope you have a great Thursday. That's right. <laughs> what is it? The 20, 24th, I think. Yeah, something November like 24th. Yeah, 24th. Have a great Thursday. Yeah. Don't don't work too hard. Um <laughs> I think our next episode is going to be the Kellyoki Fantasy Draft, which I am super, super excited That's about. That's right. We're going to be drafting only Kellyokis. I'm excited. I have no idea what to expect from this. Nope. No idea. Anyway, um, you can find us on all the social medias, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Miss Into Podcast. As always, if you listen on the Spotify app, please leave us a rating. It takes five seconds. And if you also listen on Apple Podcasts, you can leave us a rating and review if you feel so inclined we would really appreciate it and i think that about wraps it up for today yes it does until next time in two weeks we'll see you bye you've been listening to miss indie podcast the kelly clarkson fan podcast miss indie podcast was written and produced by jeremy and pam remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you'll be the first to know when a new podcast is posted continue the conversation by following the podcast on facebook Instagram, and Twitter at Miss Indie Podcast. Send us your questions and comments to Miss Indie Podcast at gmail.com. 